Hello and welcome to The Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. I am one of your hosts, Trey Debbin, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Shane Reeves. You know, I'm more impressed every week that you make it through that. There's no possible way I can make it through that intro front to back every week. And I even got it on the first try this time. On the first try. <laughs> yeah, usually this is take five. <laughs> but I'm one of your hosts, Shane Reeves, and we're sitting here tonight. We got Austin Huff with us, hey, the how new you owner. Guys doing? New owner of Crown Cigars. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's been uh, a lot of work, uh, but uh, we're uh, trucking along real well. It, well th- those of you who notice all the background noise for the last couple of episodes, we've actually been lucky enough that Austin has invited us to come and actually make this one of our homes to record. And we're really lucky to be able to have this space and really excited to have Austin with us today uh, to kind of talk about a shop a little bit. Um, let's fire one up, and then I want to talk about the grand opening. I'm, ex- I'm so excited. Absolutely. And I, I have trouble calling it a grand reopening, but it is the grand right. reopening. Well, go ahead and tell us what you're smoking, Shane. So tonight I'm smoking the Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial and all my father's cigars factory. It's a, it's kind of a partial torpedo. What do you call that shape? Well, they call it a bellicoso. A bellicoso, Okay. Yeah. Not real, but a very flavorful cigar, really enjoyable. I'm really excited to have this. How about you? And that's a cigar that I think I put you onto, if I'm not mistaken, because I smoked the Toro version on an earlier episode, um, one that may or may not have made it to air, but uh, the Bellicoso is one of, they've got one of the few that I, uh, few Bellicosos that I really like. I really like the texture of this wrapper. It's not real smooth. It's a good rough wrapper. It's a lot of um, kind of throwback style cigar. But I've got to I've got to credit you with getting me to my father's cigars in general. I almost never had my father's cigars till we started doing this podcast. Well, I'm I'm I think you're going to really love that cigar uh, tonight. I'm actually going to be smoking. I'm really looking forward to this because I haven't had one of these in ages. It's the La Florida Minicana DL 654. So it's a 6x54 double Hero Maduro, um, pure Dominican, and it's just an excellent full body, just like everything that LFD makes. It's a very full-bodied cigar, and it's one of those go-tos that if you've had a really long day like so often we have when we come do these shows, it's just the perfect way to, to just relax and unwind. I've been on such an LFD kick lately. Austin's done a great job of getting those in the humidor. We have the Andalusian Bulls, Chapter 1, Chapter 2, Chisel Point Maduro. I've just I've been such an LFD fanboy lately that it's been ridiculous. Yeah, it's and, been crazy because right when uh, I brought LFD back in the humidor, it, it hadn't been in the and the humidor at this location in such a long time. I didn't think it would take off like it has, but as soon as that order came in, man, people started grabbing them like candy. So uh, again, they're amazing full-bodied stuff. They're all Dominican Puro cigars. Um, they typically range in all medi- or full-bodied cigars. They do have some that are going to be a little bit medium-bodied, like the Coronado and stuff. But typically, their stuff, if you want something that's strong, it's going to knock you on your toes. It's going to have a lot of bold leather flavors. LFD is definitely the way to go. I'm smoking this evening the Illusion Rothschild. So it's one of my personal favorites from Illusion. 
Uh, the Rothschild is one of their smaller ring gauge cigar or smaller cigars. It's a uh, five by fifty six or five by fifty four, I believe, off the top of my head. Just a really solid medium body. It's going to have a little bit of wood, a little bit of natural sweetness, uh, but nothing, nothing definitely crazy like the LFD. And you know, a a common misconception is that I think either Shane or I, I don't remember which one, smoked the Gigantes by by them on the show previously. And a lot of people believe that the Gigantes and the Rothschild are the same blend, but they're actually a different blend. That is correct. Yeah, that, that's one of the cigars that I wish that they made this blend in a bigger size because this is one of my personal favorites because it has so many deep uh, notes to it as well. It's going to have wood. It has a little bit of spice, earth, nuts, um, toastiness. It's got so many deep flavors into it. And by the time I'm really getting into the cigar, I'm like, oh, well, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> now, are those Nicaraguan? Yes. Yeah. Every, I believe everything out of their factory I, is. I actually am not 100% positive that everything they make is, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're all Dominican Puros. The, yeah, the, like I said, the LFD thing's been strange. <laughs> <laughs> LFD thing's been strange for me because, like I said, I'm a Nicaraguan tobacco fan almost I think exclusively. The three of, all three of us are, I believe. Yeah, I guess most of what she smokes Nicaraguan. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely a Nicaraguan guy. Uh, Honduran tobacco has really uh, been rubbing me right. Uh, lately, I think that uh, uh, Christian Eroa and their, them, them guys, they've been doing fantastic stuff in the cigar industry. They come out with the new Colorado uh, in the first 20 years. Just really fantastic Honduran blends. Because Honduran tobacco has been one of those tobaccos for a uh, very long and recent time that uh, has been kind of uh, hated on because it does have a very deep uh, spice to it. It's a very unique style of tobacco, and I'm very uh, glad to see that they're starting to hit the market really well. The uh-huh. sh- Go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Me and Trey and I are working at the same pace this week mentally. <laughs> yeah, the Honduran tobaccos, and I'm even starting to see a lot more Brazilian tobaccos. Yeah, Brazilian tobacco is one of those things that uh, a lot of companies are starting to venture out and, and try new things in, in uh, that tobacco, but it's 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 such a uh, where where they grow a lot of it is in the Amazon, so it's really really wet, dark, deep tobacco. So it's one of those tobaccos that's so dense that not a lot of companies like to use it because it is a lot of maintenance work. So a lot is one of the cigars that's kind of been a staple in the industry for a long time that has a Brazilian wrapper is going to be the Brasilia, of course, by CAO. So that's just one of those cigars that's going to have a lot of that deep leather, that really strong uh, Brazilian pepper to it that's really going to resonate on your tongue. So if you like pepper, that's definitely something to go to. And that's what I really like about the Honduran tobacco as well, is you get, and even the Mexican San Andreas, is that you get a lot of that just real bold, in-your-face flavor. And it's it complements strength really well. Last week, or two weeks ago, uh, we had Don Pedro Gonzalez, and he was talking about the difference between full-flavored and full-bodied. And I think with the Honduran and the San Andreas and the Brazilian wrappers and things, that you get a lot of that 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 bold flavor without having to have a whole lot of strength that, that might scare a lot of novice smokers away. Um, but speaking of full-strength cigars, I'm smoking an LFD today in part because one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is because last time you were on the show, we talked about the fact that you were about to take over uh, an existing cigar shop. and. Right. In the months since then, uh, that has come to fruition, and you're doing a great job at getting this place. Uh, and you're about to have a grand reopening party. Tell us about it. 
I am. So it is going to be uh, May 19th coming up um, at 1800 Carruthers Parkway right here in Brentwood, to Franklin, Tennessee. We're right here on the border. So we're going to be featuring uh, LFD cigars and general cigars. So, of course, LFD, as we've discussed, going to be like really uh, adhere to those smokers that like that really full-bodied strength, going to have a lot of those deep, dark flavors to them. And uh, General Cigar, of course, is one of the largest manufacturers around, so they have a little bit of everything for everybody. So it's going to be a great time. It's going to be from 4 to 9. We're going to have food, live music with Bo, who's been on the show multiple times. So I'm sure the the listeners definitely know the uh, eccentric uh, personality of Bo. So it's definitely going to be a good time with him here. And uh, we're going to have competitive games, cornhole, um, chess, you know, checkers, just fun, fun little games, something different and interesting in the shop. So I'm really excited to get the ball rolling with it. Of course, there's a lot of nerve to go into it, but uh, I'm confident that it's going to be a great turnout. It's going to be a great time. And let me tell you, if you're listening to this and you're within a four-hour range of this shop of Brentwood, Tennessee, don't even think about it. Make a day trip out of it. We have a wealth of wonderful hotels around here. You can get a great hotel to spend the night. Come stay. Enjoy the cigars. Enjoy Brentwood. Um, just, it's really worth it. One of mine and Glenda's favorite things to do is kind of the cigar destination trip. You know, we went to Madison. We went to Kentucky. We went to Florida. We go to different places when they're going to have these events. And this is that kind of event. This is what you want to go to. You're going to get a great deal on cigars. You're going to get to meet a ton of interesting people. And it's just a, going to be a blast. Um, unfortunately, you won't be able to win the cornhole tournament. I have a <laughs> ringer coming in. Well, that's <laughs> going to be a great time. I'm convinced that we started playing cornhole because we were killing too many drunks of horseshoes. Well, one of the great things, as you mentioned about events, is there are a lot of people that like to travel all around for them, but uh, events are just a great way to, one, meet a lot of interesting people in the industry. But as you mentioned deals, I mean, whether you buy cigars online or however you smoke or get your cigars, when you go to a brick-and-mortar event, you're going to get more better deals than you will ever get online. You're going to get tons of free stuff. You're going to get tons of free shirts, hats, all kinds of swag. You're going to have... Um, all kinds of free giveaways. So uh, it's just something that really brings to the environment of a cigar smoker. So if you've never been to a cigar event, whether you come to this one or not, I highly recommend, as Shane said, just look at your local brick-and-mortar stores and support them by going to events because there's nothing more fun if you're a cigar smoker than going to the events. And I've talked about this on the shop before. You know, if especially if there's a manufacturer having an event that you've that you're not really familiar with it's the perfect opportunity because if you you know a lot of shops do three and four for ones or ten for twos and threes or whatever the deals are but it's a great opportunity especially with la florida Manicon is a perfect example i remember i was at one of their events several years ago right when the 1964 had come out and i had never had it before and i was able to get that cigar as part of a you know, part of a freebie because of how much I bought, and I was able to try that cigar without having to, that feeling of laying down cash for a cigar. I wasn't sure if I was going to like or not. Ended up loving it and buying several after the fact, but it's a great way to get introduced to things uh, that you've never had before. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a lot of fun to get to know the reps and to actually tell, and this is the reps' chance to find out what you think about their product. 
they never have a more direct line to their customer than at these events. And sometimes I'll tell a rep, hey, that cigar really doesn't suit my palate. Or I'll tell her, I love that cigar. I absolutely, you know, head over heels, that's the best cigar. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit later in the cigar under $8. We're going to profile a cigar that this is the shape this cigar should have been since the day they released it. But that's a little teaser for later on in the show. <laughs> so coming back to it, Austin, I got to ask you just five minutes. Give me a hint on what some of the new stuff you got coming around into the shop. You've already made a lot of improvements. I love the new accessory counter. And just tell me some of the new stuff. You mean specifically for the event or just in general what I plan on bringing in? Dealer's choice. Um, well, I think I'm going to keep it a little bit of secret until we do the show, the, the big show next time. Uh, I will say, do a little teaser, uh, there is a lot of, of, a couple of the companies that I'm going to be bringing in are the hottest companies up and coming in the boutique world right now. So uh, if you're a big time cigar smoker and you know a lot about a boutique companies, I plan on bringing in some that are really coming up in the ladder. So you'll find out very soon. I do want to say, because Shane mentioned it, of course, everyone knows I'm an accessory guy, right? I love my cutters and lighters. What you have done with the accessories cabinets over there, especially with those brand new lights and everything in there, that is gorgeous. I appreciate that. That looks absolutely fantastic. I'm going to put a picture up on Instagram for all of our listeners so they can see what you're dealing with over there. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's just, you know, the, the, the store has kind of been stagnant for a long time before I took over. There really wasn't a lot of exciting, interesting things, whether it was events, accessories, you know, direct contact with an owner. So one of the things that I've really, really enjoyed during transition and leading up to the grand reopening is getting more of a direct contact with customers. You know, people really seeing that they're uh, uh, having a direct line through an owner and that I'm going to go out of my way and work hard um, to get in the product and the things that people like. So that was just one of the few things, improvements that I wanted to make right away. Get some great accessories. Everything looks good. Getting the store up to par. So, yeah. And the... um you know, in a past episode, we talked about El Presidente. I don't know if anyone has had the opportunity to be in the shop when Austin is here. He exempt. We need a new term for when the owner of the shop is just so excited to have you here. Everybody that walks through that door is family, and it's really fun to see that kind of energy back in the shop again. Well, and you've hired some new people. Got to meet two of them this week. Um, we're going to bring one of them out of his shell, but the other one's already there. <laughs> And he, get, he and I sat yesterday and discussed classic country music for a little while, so he's already a, a step ahead for me. But thanks again, Austin. Tell us the event one more time. All right, guys. It's going to be a Friday, May 19th, coming up. It's going to be from 4 to 9 um, in Brentwood, Tennessee, 1800 Carruthers Parkway. So mark down your calendars, get in your cars, and head up here. Whether you're in town or not, it's going to be a great time. And you can follow us on Facebook.com slash The Cigar Cast, on Instagram and Twitter at The Cigar Cast, and email info at The Cigar Cast if you forget the address, because we're going to be posting all kinds of things, because this is our home shop, and, and we're, I'm so proud to be here. And we're also going to be here that night, uh, both of us. We may even set up a little bit uh, and kind of uh, intermingle with some of the people and try and catch some of our listeners as well. So we're hoping to make a night of it for ourselves as well. So definitely make sure you say hi to Austin when you come and say hi to us as well. 
Thank you, Austin, for awesome. being with well, us. I'll let you, guys you get for back having to work. me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, great time as always. Uh, great friends, great family coming on. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, Austin. This is Beth with Crown Cigars for your cigar etiquette tips of the week. If you're in the humidor and you ask an employee for suggestions or assistance, you should probably go with one of the cigars they suggest instead of picking just a completely random one that no one even mentioned. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is Shane Reeves, one of your hosts, here with Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. Now, Shane, we don't usually do what we did tonight, but we got right down to brass tacks. I mean, we went straight into business, starting talking to Austin, which I'm so glad he showed up. Um, but, you know, you just got back from vacation. You're nice and tan. I know you went on a cruise. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is about vacation smokes you know i've had the opportunity to smoke cigar on a cruise ship a couple of times but not you know it's been a long time it's is that the best place to enjoy it it's hard to beat it and here's the thing i don't know if it's necessarily the cruise ship or if it's my vacation mentality when i go on a cruise when i go on vacation i go on vacation I don't worry about what I eat, I don't worry about what I'm going to have to drink, and I don't worry about what I'm going to smoke. My standard day on the cruise ship was get up, go to the gym, I go to the gym every morning, go to the gym, come down, have breakfast, they usually had a really nice omelet bars, then it was straight to the cigar deck. And we sailed on the Carnival Sensation, and they had the best smoking deck of any boat I've been on, and I've been on 10 or 12 Carnival ships. See, I haven't been on a cruise in a very long time, and I don't remember them having designated cigar decks. Do they have it now limited where you can only smoke in certain areas? Yeah, the especially cigars. Now, you can smoke cigarettes anywhere on um, the casino and at certain bars on the boat, but cigars, there's actually only one place on that boat you can smoke cigars. That's... Uh, well, it's a family show. That's not right. <laughs> it is, a, but I don't mind because when I'm... Because go- you're outside in the Caribbean, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to smoke a cigar while I'm sitting there at the casino. I don't, you know, I can't engage to that level. I want to shut down and enjoy my cigar, but by far the best cigar I smoked on this cruise... We went to Balmoral Island in the Bahamas, and we swam with the stingrays, and one of them was pregnant, and you could actually feel the babies inside of her. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was an amazing excursion, and then we got off of the excursion. We went up. I had cracked conch. If you've never had cracked conch, conch is wonderful. The flavor of conch, I just love. See, I can't get past the way it looks. Oh, now, now, I can play a conch shell, actually, like, <laughs> but I don't know that I'd like to eat what lived in there. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. I mean, okay, yes, it's a giant snail, but it's still wonderful. But I had a plate of cracked conch and a Bahama Cola, and then I sat down under an umbrella and I fired it up a Padron 90. I know that you had been waiting to smoke that cigar. Oh, the anticipation was killing me, but it, I waited till the perfect moment. I was really waiting till I was relaxed, till and they had good music on the island. It wasn't too reggae and it wasn't too techno hip hop. It was just good 
good Caribbean music to enjoy. Steel drum with an acoustic guitar. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, actually, they were even a little light on the steel drums. I was very happy for. But Oh, so now we've got another instrument to add to your list. So we're going to drop a steel drum down an elevator shaft onto a banjo and an accordion. Is that right? The steel drum ain't quite made the elevator shaft yet. I'll kind of veer wide of a steel steel drum, but I'm not actually opposed to steel drum at this point. In Fair my enough. <laughs> but so the Padron 90th, first cigar I ever smoked. This cigar changed flavors four times. Wow, but I, in a good way, I'm guessing. Yeah, it kept getting well. The last the last quarter of the cigar was definitely the best. The first quarter, I lit it, and I started smoking it, and I thought, well, this is a letdown because this tastes, you know, it still tastes like a Padron, but it don't taste like the Padrones I'm used to. And then the second, as the thermodynamics heated up, and as the tobacco started releasing the flavor, that second wave hit me, and it was amazing. So when you say that it didn't taste like a normal Padron, it didn't taste like what you were... What was different about it, or can you put your finger on it? Well, I was expecting it to start like a Padron 1926. Okay. That was where I was expecting it to start. And it started um, a little bit better than a 9,000, but not a lot better than a 9,000. But then when that second wave hit me, I was enjoying it. I thought, hey, if the rest of the cigar is like this, I'm in. Then the third wave hit, and the, by the fourth wave, I'm just I'm shedding a tear when I'm getting ready to put this cigar out. <laughs> That's one of those. I think anyone who has ever smoked a cigar probably has that cigar that they wish was a mile long. And it's all about the environment that you're smoking in it, or a lot of it, I think, for me at least, is that. But also, there are those cigars that you just, God, I wish this would never end. And it yes. sounds like that was this cigar for you. I always have to remember at the end of it to don't be sad because it's over. Be glad because it happened. And the, that cigar was wonderful. Like I said, we were on a private island on a private beach. We had our feet propped up. We had been swimming with stingrays, which was just, you know, belly full of food. It's, it was perfect. It was absolutely great. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned, you know, vacation smoke, you know, specific cigars that you take on vacation with you or that you save for a special occasion. Because for me, we were talking before the show started about I've had just a really stressful week at work and I've had, you know, I haven't really been able to disengage mentally, but I drove down here through hours of traffic. <laughs> but the whole time, all I could think about was I'm about to go hang out with one of my best friends and smoke a cigar. And it's it's as if, and it's not nearly as good as being on a cruise ship, but I feel like I'm on vacation right now. Just That's what cigars do for you if you really... Thank you, sir. Uh, if you really... We got good service this we week. We did get good service. Uh, awesome. Trey, Trey just received another beer. <laughs> Austin's turning this place around. I love this. Uh, but, you know, it can be a state of mind as much as it can be a state of geography. And I think that's fantastic. Well, and we visited, We for a long time, Belize has been our favorite port. But we visited Grand Turk. And Grand Turk was amazing. If you ever get the chance, it's actually only an hour and a half flight from Miami. Grand Turk has not had a murder in 42 years. 
There's no guns allowed on the island. If you're caught with a gun on the island, it's five years mandatory in jail and one year for every bullet in the gun. Wow. And but So you the, take a Colt 1911 and you're looking at, what, five and 13 is, what, 18 years? <laughs> 18 years. But And they have the third largest barrier reef in the world. Um, just a beautiful island. Only 2,800 people residents on the island. Oh, wow. It's funny because we pulled up and we literally could have emptied the island onto our cruise ship. <laughs> if there had been a hurricane coming, they could have all just come home with us. <laughs> and they're such nice people. I would have let them come home with me. <laughs> I think Carnival would have had something else to say about that maybe. but Probably, uh, but free-range donkeys and horses on the island. My wife got to, we was feeding donkeys Pringles. My wife got to pet a baby donkey and all while we fed his mother Pringles. So lots of fun. Just a great vacation, great trip, but... Back to the smoking deck. So the smoking deck on the Sensation was overlooking the pool area. And that's, to me, that's great. Because usually the smoking deck, you're kind of... Because you have mirrored lenses and so... (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Although I will say I'm I'm putting forth legislation that we issue a bikini license. Some people should not get a bikini license. (laughs) But the... um, just beautiful scenery. Um, there was some French ladies, and I, I love hearing French spoken. There were some French ladies that were sitting up there, and I did have a unique cigar experience. A man come in, and he sat down with his son-in-law. It was obviously his son-in-law, and they pulled out a cigar they had bought in the Bahamas. So a fake Cuban. Yes, they, and they fired it up, and they were sharing it, and they were loving it, and I could smell the fake. From where I've, and I couldn't bring myself to say, hey, fellas, let me give you a good cigar. Because they were enjoying it, and why butt in? And, and, and exactly. Like, if it's good to... You, I've had this conversation with people about Cubans and fake Cubans a lot of times. You know, most of the Cubans that Americans are going to smoke are going to be fake. Just because when you go to any type of tourist destination, it's too easy to get cheap cigars, fake the bands... And it's just, if, if you feel like it's a really good deal, if you, pet, if you paid less than 20 bucks for it, it's probably fake. Um, but in my experience, even the fake Cubans, not bad. Well, I mean, you know, so if it's a good cigar to you, if you're enjoying it, then that's all that matters. You know, I'm, I am a cigar snob to a point, but I'm never going to intrude on another man's smoking experience. Absolutely. And I think that's why a lot of shops have gone to the whole band off etiquette rule, which I don't necessarily agree with. But, you know, I think that's a, a lot of the reason for why people advocate for smoking cigars bandless is because it, it eliminates the, the, the possibility for someone to usurp their knowledge or their idea of what a good cigar is on someone else because everyone becomes equal at that point. Well, and it was, I always, I had in my, every time I went up on deck, I had three cigars with me, two that I wanted to smoke, and one underground shade. That way, if a gentleman sat down with me and he wanted a good cigar that wasn't going to knock him down, I had one waiting. Yeah. And that's, you know, we, we've talked ad nauseum about the community around cigars and how that's just how most real cigar smokers, true cigar smokers, that's how we approach the hobby is I I never just bring what I want to smoke. 
I always make sure that I have enough that I've got what I need, but also if I happen to find someone who wants something something as well, then I've got it there. And I mean, especially this, in that environment. Oh yeah. Well, this cruise I smoked with an EMT from Maine. I smoked with four French ladies. I smoked with a tile man from Oklahoma. And I smoked with a gentleman, um, I think he was from northern Indiana, that had just been married for two days. And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> and yeah, it was, and it was just wonderful to get, to, to get such a variety. And there's something inviting about the cigar. Anybody will come and say, wow, that cigar smells good. And you can sit down and engage them and find out what they do in life. And I just, I'm a social guy. It's an equalizer. It is, and that's one of the beauties of cigar culture. That's one of the things we've talked about on the show and we'll probably always talk about on the show is how great the experience is of being able to share it with another human being. Absolutely, because that's what got us not only to know each other but also to do this podcast is, is that very aspect of the cigar culture. Now, I have to ask, since you were in an area where you could buy some Cubans and some special cigars that you couldn't get anywhere else... You know, some limited releases or anything like that. Did you did you pick anything up? When I was in Miami, I went to a little smoke shop there in Miami, and I picked up an All Out Kings, and then I asked him my standard question. My standard question is, what can I get here that I can't get nowhere else? And he gave me, I bought a Corojo and a Maduro of a Miami brand cigar. They're rolled there in Miami. They're sold only at that shop in Miami shops. And, uh... They were good. They didn't, you know, I'm not going to rush down there to buy a box. But it was definitely good for the experience. It was a lot of fun just to have the experience. That's, I mean, I really love having, I, what I have found is when you buy cigars that are rolled in the same city that they're sold in, they typically need about three to six months to really open up. I hope you saved a couple so that you can get back to that. Um, so... Just to just kind of further that point, though, I notice something I heard on the grapevine the other day, and I'm sure you've you've seen it as well, is that my father is actually about to make a limited release of the cigar that you're smoking right now. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I've got the article right here in front of me from Aficionado, if my phone would cooperate, and my phone's not cooperating. They're doing a Jaime Garcia Especial Reserve. They're only making 3,000 boxes of this particular cigar at the My Father factory. It's going to be a 5 by 50 and I believe it is going to be the Bellicoso. And they should be releasing shortly. Actually, I've seen a um, post from one of my local cigar stores in Alabama that they got them in. Oh, wow. So and, I didn't realize they were shipping already. Yeah, he's usually on the forefront of that. He was the first to have the Andalusian Bull and several cigars like that. So he's usually right on the front end of anything like that. But um, I'm really excited to get one of those. But let's let's talk for a minute about special release cigars. All right. I've got a love-hate relationship with special release cigars. Now, I do too. But mostly that's because of the price tag that usually comes with special release cigars. However, I do want to take a second to kind of uh, talk about definitions for a second. So when we're talking special releases, we're not necessarily talking about limited editions. So Because a limited edition is something that happens once and goes away. Whereas special releases, I would put the Opus X 
or the or the Fuente Añejo in that category of something that is exclusive to certain shops, uh, exclusive to times of year. Is that the kind of thing we're talking about here? We can cover both topics, but I think you're correct that we need to draw a distinction between the two because the Opus X, they release those every year, but they're not consistent every year. A 2016 Opus X versus a 2017 Opus X is going to have a difference in flavor. Yeah. And I now um, I'm wondering if the only way we're going to get a 2017 Opus X is from the back alley of some guy in Miami, because I was wondering if that's in that shipping container that got stolen. <laughs> I'm hoping that the timing was off from that, and I hope all they got was curly heads. <laughs> That'll show them. <laughs> but the Opus X, um, the Don Don um, the Añejos, what are they? The Shark, Don Carlos, Don Carlos. That's a special release that I really like. I enjoyed that special release. Um, the One of my favorite cigars that started as a special release and now has become a staple of their line was the Cuatro Cinco from Drew Estate. What is, is that still called the Cuatro Cinco in the regular line or did they change it? It is called a Cuatro Cinco in the regular line now and I have some boxes from the limited edition from the 3500 box release and I've smoked that and the regular line. There is a difference. Well, it's similar to Crown Heads, who everyone who listens to this show knows I'm a huge fanboy for Crown Heads, even though I didn't think I was until I realized it. Uh, they came out with the Las Calaveras in 2000, I want to say 14, and not a huge fan. But it took the community by storm. I mean, everybody, everybody who liked a medium full or better cigar was just raving about the cigar and apparently what's happened is allegedly that same blend is what is now La Imperiosa see and that's interesting I smoked two Las Calaveras and I did not like them at all but I like the La Imperiosa see you and I I think are the only two people who share that I was not a fan of the 14 Calaveras I mean I liked it but it didn't blow me away like it did everybody else the 15 I really liked the 16, I liked better than the 14, but not as good as the 15. Apparently, I'm exactly opposite of everybody else. But the Imperiosa, love that cigar. It's fantastic. Well, it's kind of a, it's about a third tier cigar for me. It's not, um, it's if I go in the humidor and I'm in the mood for an Imperiosa, I'm going to smoke it. And I do have moods that I go into to get one, but it's not necessarily... I know anytime I grow, grab an Undercrown Shade, I'm going to be happy. Right. And it's not that smoke. but And sometimes that's the way special editions are. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely is. I mean, there are some that are going to... There are some that are going to knock your socks off, and then there are going to be others that take you a minute to warm to it, and there are going to be some that, never, that you never warm to. And it's interesting how the... The availability of cigars, of course, any manufacturer, when they get something that they're going to sell a lot of, they're going to make as many as they can. Right. But a perfect example, the um, Casa Magna Colorado Robusto became the number one cigar of the year back in, I think it was 2005. And it was the first number one cigar of the year for under $8. Wow. And that run of them was amazing. But every run since then has not been good to me. 
And I, I'm so disappointed because I loved that cigar on the front end. And then I start getting them, and they kept getting progressively less and less flavorful, less profile. I was I was really disappointed in how that ended up long term. Well, it's, it's funny. I'm going to flip the script on you a little bit because there's a cigar that I love that was not a special release, was not a limited edition, but has since become that. And it was, I think it was back in about 2004 or five, Perdomo had, was just launching the Cabinet Series. And that is where the champagne comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, the 10th anniversary champagne was born out of that Cabinet Series. Well, they also had a Cameroon wrapper with a silver band which they used to make a full line of full sizes. You know, everything from Churchill down to Robusto and Petit Corona. And it, to this day, remains, and I think probably because I can't get it anymore, that Toro remains to be the best cigar I've ever smoked in my life. It was incredible. And, you know, I've talked about the conciliary, that it was the Sopranos cigar, and they re-released it as the conciliary. And like we spoke about with Austin, a Brazilian wrapper. Yeah. A lot of taste on the front of your mouth. But the Brazilian wrapper in that um, conciliary, they they seen the success of it. And since they didn't have to pay... Um, pay royalties. Yeah, royalties to Sopranos anymore, they were able to release it at a much lower price. Now... The Camacho B.F. Meyer. So I really, I really liked the B.F. Meyer, and, but I'm also a fanboy for Camacho. I ever since the day, what long before they were ever bought by Davidoff, back when they were sort of inconsistent. If I have to be brutally honest on that, the. Corojo wrapper that they made, the original Corojo cigar that they made was one of the best that I've ever had. And um, then they made the Triple Maduro, which was really, really good. But they were always a little inconsistent. Um, so I've, I've all, but, but that being said, you know, I've always been a fan of Camacho and I've always sought out their stuff. And when they came out with the BF Meyer, it was it was one of those cigars that came out after the transition to Davidoff but reminded me of the original stuff like it, it was kind of raw it was kind of bold it was it was everything that i remembered about when i first fell in love with that company that's what i got out of that cigar and i really really enjoyed it and i wish i could smoke more of them well, and was that a limited release? Because I have not seen that in shops lately. I don't... I I think it was a test release. So if we want to get really technical here, because I haven't seen it either, but I, I... The impression I get is because it didn't do terribly well. It wasn't a cheap cigar. Um, it wasn't terribly expensive, but I think that maybe it just didn't do terribly well. It was kind of on the high end of the Camacho line. It was. And and it was also, it didn't bear the Camacho name. So it didn't get any brand recognition for being a Camacho, even though it was released under that line.
Oh, I think we're. I think we're. Oh, we're back. We're back. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna have to edit that out. Edit that in post. <laughs> and uh, that um, was weird. It just all of a sudden quit. That was really bizarre. We both lost lost audio. Anyway, so it wasn't. It didn't get the. I'm trying to think of how to bring this in. It, so it didn't get any of the name recognition that you would have expected, but it still still had everything I loved about an old Camacho. So that brings us to our cigar under $8 this week. I teased it earlier in the show because I'm really excited about this cigar, especially since it's cigar under $8. It is the Camacho Corojo Box Press. So I think it, I think they're using BX2 or BXB, BXP, something like that. Yes, BXP. They're Camacho BXP. They released the Connecticut, the Corojo, and the Ecuador. I'm going to talk about the Corojo because it's my favorite. This box press, and okay, folks, this is a hard $8. I'm pushing the, the limits of the $8 cigar, bringing this cigar up, because... Depending on the state you're in, you may have to pay nine bucks. Yeah. But it's worth it. And this is, to me, the shape this cigar should have always been. So as I was just talking about, you know, I am a huge fanboy for Camacho. And even that was reborn once they were taken over by Davidoff. And I, I, I always, and when the Corojo first came out, I fell in love with it all over again. I'm not even joking. I can't tell you how many boxes of this cigar I've smoked and how many shops I've convinced to bring this cigar in. Um, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the show that I had the opportunity to reconnect with an old friend. This was the cigar. This was the cigar that we sort of bonded over. Um, And it was one of those that I had the opportunity to smoke it and realize that it's everything I wished the the round press was. It's a little bit bolder. You get a little bit more out of it. And it's really not a true box press. If you're the kind of person like me who typically shies away from a box press, it's not, you know, it, it's one of those if you smoke it slow enough, eventually your mouth is going to round it out at least where you're smoking it. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. This, and this one, it is an Ecuador wrapper. They, it is Ecuadorian wrapper, even though it is the Corojo brand of it. Now, they do have a Camacho Ecuador BXP and Connecticut. Also, I, I have to say, I haven't done the Connecticut version of the BXP, but I have done the Ecuador because when the Ecuador first came out and you couldn't get it anywhere, I really love that cigar as well. The... So far, all of the BXPs that I've had have outshined their regular counterparts. And isn't it amazing that a cigar, you can change the shape of it and change the experience so profoundly? Well, we talked about that a little bit a couple weeks ago about how you blend to a certain size and a certain shape. You know, when you set out to blend a cigar, it's with a particular shape and size in mind, and then you just modify the blend to make the different shapes out of it. And it's unusual that you would find a cigar that you blended to a certain shape only to find out that it fits a better shape better. And especially rare, because I'm like you, I'm not a box press guy. Mm -mm. 
the now folks everyone out there here's a little hint a box press is got to be punched i never straight cut a box press i have to punch my box press i feel like it just works better i feel like the draws better i just enjoy everything about a punch on the box press see i'm a big fan of the v cut on a box press long ways okay do the the horizontal v yeah, I really love that. and But I think that's part of what's fun about a box press. Even though I don't like a box press, but I've mentioned before, it's because I smoke in my car, and so you can't roll it, and it, it ends up going down one side. Um, I think something about V-cutting a box press is just fun. It's like two great tastes that shouldn't taste great together, but they do. So moving forward, I do want to talk about, we had Don Pedro on a couple of weeks ago with Don Gonzalez Cigars. And when I was in Alabama before I went on my cruise, I got to visit with Pedro for a while and he handed me a cigar and he said, I made this cigar thinking about people that smoke like you do. And it was a 60 ring gauge, but it was only four inches long. Huh. And usually when you get a 60 or even a 70 ring gauge, it's usually six inches or seven inches long. And he said, I made this cigar, and he's the only person I've seen do this. And it's a four by 60 ring gauge cigar, and it's wonderful. It's a big, full-bodied smoke that you don't have to commit two hours of your life to. I remember when Nub first came out. That was kind of their mantra. That was what they were going for, right? They were trying to pack a lot of flavor into a short time frame, but... When they first came on the scene, now granted, they're shorter than four inches, uh, but their whole idea was that the big ring ring gauge, that was before big ring gauges had actually taken off on the market. And so it's really fun for me to see other manufacturers come back to that and and really experiment with the size and the shape and all of that stuff. Yeah, and Pedro was down there, and I mean, he was just selling this cigar as fast as he could get them out of the box. He sold tons of them that night, and it was it's an interesting market niche. The people out there listening that are in the cigar industry really need to take a look at that market niche, because I got some um, Muwats, my Uzi weighs a ton, that are 7x70s. That is a big honking cigar. Well, and if you've smoked a Muwat, you know that's a lot of cigar. It, it really is. That is... You know, when they say my Uzi weighs a ton, they mean it It weighs a ton. Like, that is a that is a cigar that packs a punch. I need to put this cigar on the scale because each of those 7x70s has to weigh a solid 12 ounces. I mean, almost a pound of cigar. <laughs> it is an absolute beast and all. It's like smoking a stick of stove wood, which... I'm on record. I love big ring gauge cigars. Yeah, it's it's true, and it's it's one of those things that I've never really gotten into. I probably uh, I probably have had a couple of seventies in my life, but it just hurts my jaw. But you know, it's it goes back to the eternal problem of if everybody liked the same cigar, there'd only be one on the shelf in the humidor. That's right. So had a great show tonight. Again, I want to remind everyone May eighteenth, or excuse me, Nine. May nineteenth. Y'all will have to forgive me. My wife's birthday is May 18th. So I have to be sure I say May 19th from 4 to 9 at Crown Cigars and Ales. Which is 1800 Carruthers Parkway in Brentwood, Tennessee. 
And do yourself a favor. Do a destination trip here. Come see Brentwood. Um, hang around Saturday night. Go see the Grand Ole Opry. And come see us. I mean, we're going to be here all night. Uh, we're not going to be behind the mics all night. We may or may not be uh, behind the mics at some point, but we're going to try. And uh, we just really enjoy the ability to get in front of other cigar smokers and just to hang out in the culture. And we want you guys to come be a part of this. It's going to be La Flor Dominicana as well as General Cigars. And if if you've never had the opportunity to meet Sean Hardiman with General Cigars, this guy is what all reps should be. He is a great friend of mine, and he's a tremendous rep. He knows so much about the cigar industry, his own cigars, and he also used to be the LFD rep, so he knows a little bit about everything. He's got a lot of experience, and he's going to be here. Uh, he brings the party with him, and uh, there's surely going to be enough party to go around. It'll be a lot of fun, um, a lot of com- competitive games, a lot of cigars, a great chance to fill your humidor up if your humidor's Looking a little puny, it's a good time to come not spend a lot of money and fill up a humidor in a hurry, especially summer coming on. That's exactly right. Well, I do hope that you guys will all follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Cigar Cast. Uh, We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Cigar Cast, and there's always good old-fashioned email, info at thecigarcast.com. We will see you all next week.